Hello and welcome back to the MindMeld PR vlog. I am your host, Jonathan Narvi, and I am here with my colleague, Shani Kotecha. Hi. Very modest and humble intro. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> ah, everybody knows who we are. They, they've already watched this show a bunch. Um, so what are we talking about today? Our topic, this is a fun one. What to do when a PR campaign fails? Because what could be more entertaining than talking about a train wreck, a car crash? Who could look away? Um, so a little bit of context before we get into the weeds here. Um, first of all, I should say that while failing is not something we like to do, uh, and it's not something that happens every day, mm. it, nah, <laughs> it happens, uh, particularly if we're talking about uh, working with a client long-term. And, uh, you know, so someone we've been working with for months and months, possibly years, we throw a lot of stuff at the wall. We run many types of PR campaigns all the time. And I know it's amazing that uh, this is something you've probably never, never thought of before, but actually many of these or some of these don't go so well. Um, Shawnee, any, any, any thoughts on this before we get into it? Um, yeah. It the failures tend to vary, I think, whether one, it's on our side or something that's out of our control, that is a big part of it. But also, you know, it's if a whole campaign has failed or just one small thing in it sometimes makes a big difference in, I guess, how we'd approach it afterwards. Mm, good point. Uh, I, I want to um, touch on something you just said there a moment ago, which is, you know, how much of it is, uh, you know, whether it's on us or the client. I mean, in, in a certain sense, it's always on us. <laughs> we are the PR professionals. We are bringing the service. Uh, we are the experts. So um, when things go well and when things go off the rails, it's on us. Um, and, and so, um, this is an important part of, of the relationship that a PR company can have with a, a client. If your PR company is, um, whether things are going well or going badly, eventually something doesn't quite work out. And um, it's a good indication uh, that something larger may be, uh, a, a bigger problem may be there if um, that firm is not taking responsibility. Uh, so I want to get into, first of all, what a PR campaign is. I should reiterate what we're talking about here. Then um, uh, once that's out of the way, we can talk about how PR campaigns fail. And then most importantly, maybe, is how you dig, dig yourself out of that hole. Uh, what to do when a PR campaign goes wrong, what to do when it fails. Um, also what it looks like when it fails. Cause I think with PR, there's a certain amount of expected failure 
Like you can pitch a hundred pitches, but it's unlikely you'll get a hundred responses. Mm. But you know, if you get 60, some people might see that as a fail, but for us, that would actually be quite a good win. So what, what does a failed one actually look like? Right, right. So we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. I, I think, um, and, and I just want to, this is going to reiterate some of the, the things you just said, but again, what is a PR campaign we're talking about? Well, at, at its, at its most basic level, a campaign is, um, a, a certain amount of effort and resources thrown at a particular objective for us. It's, uh, getting news coverage for our clients. Um, and that effort can take, uh, many, many forms for us as, as Shawnee was, uh, alluding to just now, it's, uh, a lot of it has to do with pitching targeting, but a lot of elements can go into it. So there, there's the plan, there's the objective, there's the, um, there's the effort that goes into it. And at some point you've got to take a measure of the results. What did you get? Uh, and a campaign can run for a day. It can run for a week. It can run for potentially multiple months. If, if you're, uh, if you've got something big, um, and it could be about a fundraise, could be about a product launch. There's any any number of subjects that uh, a, a PR campaign could include. So that, that's what a PR campaign is. Um, how can it go uh, off the rails? Shawnee, list the ways. Um, well, you usually start off with a, okay, we want to get this many hits or this is what we want. I guess not meeting that is step one. So just not getting any coverage whatsoever, any responses, any pickup, that would be um, classed as a fail. Um, that's the main way. Is there another way it can fail? <laughs> it well, not right, right. Well, if the overall objective is, uh, did we get media coverage, then that's a very simple metric. Um, and, yeah. and, uh, yeah, and that, that's, that's fine. Uh, it can go wrong, but you know, there, there are degrees of failure. There is, for instance, a failure where reporters get back to you and they say, you know, interesting angle, but we already covered it. Or this is, uh, Again, interesting angle, but it is um, a bit outside of our audience. Or, um, you know what? This isn't for me. This is for uh, my buddy in the next uh, department. You should have had his uh, contact. Mm -hmm. So in terms of things that go wrong, sometimes reporters will tell you what's going wrong. Uh, and if you start getting the same kinds of feedback uh, from reporters from different outlets, um, you should be listening to that. Um, you're, you're as, as a PR person, you're not just a broadcaster. This is two-way communication. Um, probably the worst thing that can happen uh, from a campaign is that you get zero response. So not just zero news coverage, but reporters don't respond to you. They don't even say, nope. They don't even say, eh, not interested. They don't tell you why they just, you, you just get a wall of silence. That's the worst. It's the worst because you don't necessarily know what went wrong, but you know, something 
went wrong. Um, let's, uh, um, so I, yeah, when, when it comes to what to do when a campaign fails, you know, spoiler alert, the, the main takeaway that you're going to get from this podcast is um, you want to use every failure as a learning experience so that your next campaign can be more successful. So let's get into uh, some of the failures we have actually experienced. We will not be mentioning any company names uh, uh, to save them um, any uh, embarrassment, but mostly to save us embarrassment. I don't know if we're, we're doing that since you know the topic is what it is, but uh, maybe Shawnee, what, what are some of the, the, I don't know, less positive experiences <laughs> we've had over the last say six months? Yeah, I think my most frustrating one, or not the most frustrating once we, once we sort of nailed what the problem was, um, was a client that sort of was using a very specific detail about their announcements. So I won't name what it is, but you know, whether it's like a specific number of funding or a specific location or a specific name in the company um, one of those things was sort of a big part of their hook. And I guess, you know, the pitch went out, it was written well, it did get, uh, it did get pickup, but the failure was that the key detail that made it so special was misunderstood. So, you know, it was getting covered, but not in the way the client wanted. So it was a weird one because I think we thought that we succeeded, but it actually turned out to be a little bit of a fail. Um, when actually we thought that we had sort of asked all the questions, got all the right answers. But in fact, the fact that it was a prominent detail meant that we probably should have asked 10 more questions just to make sure. You know, uh, if... I, I know we're not naming the company here, but uh, if, if I recall this one correctly, we did ask those questions. We, we, yeah. we, we asked them not just once, uh, twice. I think it was, we got uh, annoying at one point because it, it wasn't that they weren't giving us the answer that we wanted. It's that there was, you know, people will use ambiguous uh, words or ambiguous phrases. And it's like, okay, this is an important thing that we need to know. Um, and we wanted to clarify this point because we knew it could be an issue. And it, because, uh, and we were right, we were right. Uh, it did turn out to be an issue. And uh, so what, what's, what's the lesson we, we take from that? Um, you know, maybe we could have, um, you know, you wanna get your, your facts sorted from the outset you want to manage expectations with your client, this could be an issue. So, um, you know, just so you know, um, and uh, I don't know, do you have any other takeaways from that particular campaign and how it went? I'd say don't settle for ambiguity, for sure. Like, you know, if, if something's even remotely questionable, um, but another good way to sort of either fact check the ambiguity is looking at other sources so you know if we looked at their public profile we might have gotten answers sooner mm -hmm. but i think yeah you can ask your client questions but you also need to do your own sometimes you need to be a detective and just go and find out things you know that they've put up elsewhere online to, to yeah. see if you can sort of corroborate details 
Yeah, part of the problem is that in some companies, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Um, maybe someone on the marketing team early on with the company, say, posted up uh, Facebook profile info or LinkedIn profile info. That is what was true at the time, but uh, maybe they're not with the company anymore. That has gotten overlooked, uh, hasn't been updated. Uh, or, or you've got, um, again, uh, websites for, for companies can be written by multiple people. Uh, it's not, that's not uncommon to have certain pages that say that the new head of marketing just, they haven't really taken a close look at and there's a bit mm -hmm. of a mismatch in terms of how they used to describe themselves and how they currently describe themselves, whether this is in terms of products, services, their processes, even their location, uh, it's, you know, something, something doesn't match. And boy, is that kind of confusion um, annoying to reporters. And that's the last thing we want to do is annoy the people that we're reaching out to all the time, because uh, th there was there was a real danger in, in this situation of um, not just, uh, you know, not getting coverage, which sucks, but actually burning a relationship with uh, certain reporters just because they were so annoyed. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, fortunately, we got past it. Um, so, um, yeah. you know, just clear communication. Uh, acknowledgement if things have gotten wrong. So if, if, a, if a reporter calls you out on something that's a mismatch, um, acknowledge it. Uh, don't just, and, and you know, don't go and, and blame, oh, the, those, our stupid client did this. No, 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 because <laughs> uh, you're working with them. And, uh, you know, also we have to take responsibility. If, if, if we've passed along uh, some kind of communication, that means we've vetted it. We, we, we have to we have to do our due diligence as well so I think that's that covers it or, or? yeah I was just gonna yeah. say just I didn't think of this before but mm -hmm. it, it kind of means you can't look at PR in isolation so you might mm -hmm. be just writing a press release mm -hmm. but the rest of the world is seeing the press release whatever marketing they've done whatever advertising they've done and if something you're putting out in that release doesn't line up with the rest of their communication strategy then that's a problem so on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I often tell prospects uh, who are maybe unsure about even what's the difference between PR and, and marketing that, um, you know, we, we, I like to think of PR as a subset of marketing. It's a force multiplier for the rest of your marketing. So you definitely want your marketing and, marketing and communications uh, to literally be on the same page uh, mm -hmm. as, as your um, PR campaigns. Okay, so that's, that, that was one uh, campaign that um, sort of, they, I, I can't say it went off the rails. We, we got coverage. Um, yeah, no, it and, great. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there, were some, there were some definite bumps in the road. Um, there, there's, um, I can think of another uh, client that uh, a, another campaign that uh, where things went off the rails were well the the, the types of, of coverage it's not that we weren't getting coverage it, it's that it was the types of coverage that the uh, client wasn't actually that impressed with mm -hmm. um, and it was um, 
these weren't the exact words to us, but it's this has happened a few times enough in the last few years that um, I, I call it the the New York Times or nothing expectation of uh, PR results. Um, so, you know, when when you're kicking off a PR campaign with, say, a brand new company that uh, no one really knows anything about, they have no presence. Um, then um, you you can't necessarily you, you you can try to get in those big pieces of media. You can try for the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, uh, and and you know the the big magazines and TV shows and radio shows that everybody knows. But uh, it's also a good strategy to not put all your eggs into one basket and to um, uh, diversify the kinds of outreach that you're doing. Uh, mm -hmm. So that that was how we tried to uh, run that campaign was with a di diversified uh, effort of personalized outreach to uh, reporters from many different kinds of publications that wrote about uh, a particular sector that, that this um, company was in. I, I'm mm -hmm. sure you remember the the uh, the company that I'm, mm -hmm. I'm talking about. I don't know if you have any um, sort of thoughts on what went wrong there or, um, and, and as importantly, uh, what we could have done differently and in fact, what we do differently now. Yeah, I think, I mean, it ties less into the actual approach, but, you know, managing expectations. Hmm. The sort of saying, you know, if you are a startup or you are in that stage, it's, you know, we need to start at your level of media, right? Mm -hmm. And it was something I sort of saw recently, I was building up a media list for a client um, and we sent something out and it didn't get that many hits. And then once I started looking through, you know, I clicked on reporters that I thought, okay, they're tech reporters, but they, you know, one person exclusively wrote about Apple, one person exclusively wrote about the big tech companies. So a lot of these, you know, if you look at something like TechCrunch or Wired or things like that, they do do some smaller stories, but depending on the reporter and depending on, you know, the current news or what's going on, there are some that are sort of exclusively the big names. Um, so sort of refining media, I think, is what we've gotten from that. Like you said, diversifying. So it's not just the big news outlets, it's blogs and I don't think we've tapped into influences before, but, you know, podcasts, things like that. Because yeah. they still have value. Yeah, yeah. It, it absolutely pays to, to get your targeting of reporters as, as hyper niche as possible. Uh, I've, I've found this time and again, uh, you know, reaching out to the reporter who has written a dozen stories in a particular segment that you want to get into is generally way more uh, useful than reaching out to the managing editor who may not necessarily have 100% uh, visibility into what all of their reporters have been writing about for the past two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Certainly, uh, yeah, that experience, um, you know, got us to both uh, focus on uh, managing expectations. And I, I, by that, I don't mean, you know, you know, down to, you know, something negligible because, you know, you're, you're, 
every company wants value. And, and if, if you manage expectations to the point that, um, you know, you're saying something like, yeah, maybe we'll get you some news coverage in month three. Um, you've, you've gone a little bit too far the other way and you're probably going to be out of a job, mm -hmm. uh, whether you're working internally or, or externally. So that's just something for the, the PR person to, to understand as opposed to the company doing the hiring. Mm -hmm. um, okay, um, you know, I, I, I don't wanna give the impression that uh, we have endless stories of failure, but I'm, I'm sure we have at least one other uh, good example, um, say in the last six months that, um, you know, was a good teaching experience for us. Shai? Yeah, I've got one that's slightly less, it was less harmful as well. I always think of it as quite a contained one because it was it was a small fail. Um, and again, I think the learnings are quite iterative as well. Every little bit sort of builds and this was something that hadn't really happened in a while or before. Um, so we had a, a press release campaign for a client and <clears throat> they had just actually put out a press release of their own or that was done already. So you know, we were adding to that, but we were, I guess, trying to add a new angle. Reporters had already picked up the first release that was put out and we were aware of that. So we needed something new to be able to say, well, you were interested in this part, but here's a new angle that you could follow up with. Um, and I think the danger of it became sort of appeared when the press release just sort of repeated what the first one was saying, but slightly differently. It started as something, you know, introducing a new topic and then it slowly started morphing. It was a bit of feedback from the client. It was a bit of edits and it sort of took on the form of the first one. And then when we put it out, we actually had a couple of reporters saying, oh, but we already covered this, um, which is when the mistake became very apparent as opposed to before. And we were like, yeah, maybe it'll be fine. Um, so I think, you know, doing your research. So, okay, what are we writing for the client? What have they already been featured as? What's been written about them? What's been said about them? Because we don't want to repeat that because people have heard it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think you, you're absolutely correct. Uh, we needed to differentiate the, the second story from the first a bit more. Um, number two, uh, even the, the timing of it, probably, you know, we, we did feel like we were in a rush to put out the release to take advantage of the uh, recent news we were trying to tie into. But yeah, because it followed so closely on the, on the first one, it, it fell a little flat, uh, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, um, so I think that's something you want to consider in terms of, um, you know, spacing out your campaigns. Um, certainly, I, I, I think, you know, you don't need to be putting out a press release every week or even every two weeks. Um, it's, uh, there are other activities that go into the whole, uh, that go into your PR campaigns. Uh, there's strategy, there's, uh, you know, the, the, the personalized pitches that may, may not even need a release accompanying it. Um, 
that there's, um, you know, um, sometimes the, the related collateral that's maybe going on to the client's website. If, if you're a PR person who is handling that, that side of things on the social media front, there's lots of things to be doing in PR. You don't have to be putting out a, a new release every week. Uh, and in fact, if you're bugging the same reporters with a release every week, that's probably going to uh, bite you in the ass. So. Yeah, I find actually with the long-term clients, what's more helpful is if there's been a reporter that's written about <clears throat> a relevant topic before, mm -hmm. following them on Twitter or LinkedIn to see what they're coming out with sort of gives you a good idea of what they might put out or what they will put out in the future. So if they're following the COVID vaccine, you know, if you know what's about to happen or you're sort of seeing this is the direction it's going in, you know, you can find somewhere to squeeze in. So not stalking them, but just keeping like a gentle eye on the relevant people with social media um, means that you don't have to send out press releases because you can just, you know, you've got a connection and you can just say, hey, are you interested in this? Like even less than a pitch, like a two sentence reach out. Um, and then, you know, they can see your social profile. They only have to read two sentences. They, you know, there's already some context built in. So it's a little easier. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think this ties into the um, news makes news trend that, that I often um, see in clients who we've been with longer term. It's just, it's easier to uh, get news for them, get successes for them. Uh, and so when it comes to uh, campaigns that fail and the, and the learning that you gather from it, assuming you are uh, doing a uh, serious evaluation of every campaign, uh, you're, you're giving some real thought into what went wrong. How do we change the messaging? Well, you know, maybe, it, maybe it's, it's the subject line. Maybe it's the, it's the attached information. Maybe uh, it's, it's, uh, maybe we needed to attach images to this. Maybe these weren't the right images. Uh, there's many, many things that uh, can go wrong and many things that can go right. Um, but your batting average as you, uh, as you start, as you work on PR longer term, your batting average generally should start going up. Um, even the, uh, you know, just to keep this baseball analogy going a bit further, you know, even those who have won the World Series uh, still strike out from time to time. So, um, you know, it's, it's about constantly improving uh, and getting better over time. And uh, that's, that's what you want to see. Mm. Shani Katecha, always a pleasure talking to you about um, how to do PR for the MindMeld PR vlog. Uh, you've been listening to Shawnee and I, Jonathan Narvi, the founder of MindMeld PR. Uh, if you would like to, we're on YouTube. So if you want to like this, like it, that's, that would be nice. Feeds the algorithm, subscribe, um, send us money, hire us, all good things. Okay. See you next time on the MindMeld PR blog.